Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast, calling this one Picky Picky, and we're going to talk a little bit about how to get our kids who aren't wanting to eat everything to eat a little bit more. So a lot of us decide in our why that we talked about a few episodes ago that we want to be our healthiest, that we want to teach our kids to be their healthiest, that this is a really important value for us in raising a family. But then we get a child who will have nothing to do with anything but white bread, white chicken, white potatoes. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever met that child? Does one possibly live in your household? So I just want to start by saying it's all okay. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge your kids. This is all part of a process. So if there's a family classroom, I would say the dinner table is pretty much it. Dinner is a time when we can really teach our kids how to be good eaters. We can teach them about conversation. We can teach them about giving and receiving. We can teach them about listening skills. And once again, we can teach them about being good eaters. And I want that to sink in because I think a lot of us think that... Kids are just supposed to be born that way. And where there is some truth to that, that we sometimes mess up along the way, a lot of it is also just learning, learning how to be in our society right now. So the cool thing is, is that I truly believe that we are born to eat well. We are born to eat for our bodies. And the culture that we live in right now has a little bit messed that up. So we're learning all sorts of behaviors and we're exposed to a lot of different foods that might not serve us, (laughs) a lot of the processed stuff, and a lot of it's being really marketed well to our kids. And we think that that's what our kids want, but actually left to their own devices with none of that in sight, they actually would probably be just fine with fruits and vegetables. In fact, that's probably what their body would crave because it's what we naturally want. And I love always mentioning the um, the Blue Zone book because in the discoveries, that author did all this research about the Blue Zones, and the Blue Zones are places where people live a lot longer than they live in other areas of the world. And one of the defining factors of a Blue Zone is the lack of temptation, that a whole culture didn't have the same temptations as people as you know people did in other cultures so everybody was healthier and there wasn't as much way not to be because it was just the way the culture was set up which is super interesting when you think about our culture now because we're constantly exposed to the stuff the reason that we're here listening <laughs> we're constantly exposed to the stuff that's tempting and pulling us and our kids in other directions does that make sense so Actually, one of our first guests here on the podcast was the amazing author Kim John Payne. If you have not read his book, Simplicity Parenting, I highly recommend it. And in that book, he talks a little bit about um, eating and dinner. 
And one of the things he says is about picky eating and how it really does take a child seven to 10 tries to like a food. And I think that's really important for us to take in because I don't know about you, but definitely I will say this has happened to me <laughs> that I can kind of give up before maybe even a whole try, a whole meal is done. So, you know, we've worked so hard all day. We've maybe gone to work. We've mothered. We've done housework. And then we've pulled together this dinner and we've done the best that we can. Whether it turned out great or not, that's a whole other story. You know, I have good nights, I have bad nights. But I work hard almost every night to get dinner on the table. Um, and then our kids don't like it. And if they're young, this might mean that they throw it. Um, if they're sort of in the middle, they might just say it's disgusting because they don't have any, um, you know, they're not, they're not trained to not tell us exactly what they think, which is great. And then in their teen years, they just might act really grumpy. So we get it at all different stages. It's not like it ends when we don't have a two-year-old anymore. And that can feel really sort of not great, right? And so then we're like, okay, I'm never making that again, right? Like, why would I ever make that again? Why, why would I want to feel like this? But the thing is, is it's really if eating well and if food as a tool for living a healthy and happy life, if that's something that you've seen as a tool, which maybe you have because you're sitting here listening, then we also have to maybe take on the job of teaching our kids how to eat. And it's interesting because I've already sort of said two different steps in in this process in the past two episodes. So really knowing why you care about whether or not your kids eat well is really important. And you might've gotten to that either in the why episode or doing your family brand. And then the third, the second, the third episode or the second thing that's really important is to understand what's for dinner way in advance, because it's interesting. A lot of picky eaters. It has nothing to do with the food. It has way, 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 way more to do with how we're showing up and our ambivalence in that moment. Um, they're just picking up on our ambivalence and that's their way of, of showing up to that ambivalence is to be picky and to not want it. So those two tools alone can actually start to shift a lot. But I want to talk a little bit about the seven tries. So if we're learning maybe a little bit from Starbucks, I don't know, but Starbucks is a, a amazing corporation. As we know, they're everywhere. And they do something really interesting with their employees. And I'm thinking maybe we can learn from it. So I don't know if you've ever been to a Starbucks, but very rarely do you get someone who's rude to you. Um, if you have, I'm sorry. But I've noticed that it doesn't happen very often. And one of the things I learned a couple years ago was that one of the things that new employees do at Starbucks, and maybe it continues on, is that they go through a workbook of unpleasant situations. So they literally have to write out what their plan is. So when a customer is unhappy, my plan is to X. And I think that this is really important to note. I talk a lot about writing things down in a one of these seven tools is going to be even more about that. But it's really important to understand that you need a plan and that it's not really about you cooking that broccoli perfect 
on time one and that if you don't cook it just perfect the exact way that each child wants it in that moment that there's something wrong with you that your child will never eat broccoli that they're never going to be healthy that they're always going to eat white things like i think we jump to those conclusions quite fast in this day and age so what I wanted to do was go through seven steps that I think are really helpful as you make this plan for yourself. And I, again, I highly recommend not doing this in your head, but just taking out a piece of paper. It does not have to take a lot of time. We have a worksheet for it if you go to plansimplemeals.com tools. And I really recommend just either using that worksheet or just a blank piece of paper in a book and just going through these seven steps so that you can sort of assess and track what you're doing because I find that that's really helpful just like all those smiling people at Starbucks. We want to be like those smiling parents. Not really, not all the time. We can't always be like that. But the, the point is, is that it's not, we haven't done anything wrong when kids are throwing food at us. And I think a lot of times we think they have or we think something's wrong with our kid. So step number one is know where you are. Don't try to go from zero to 100, right? So if your child is literally only eating white stuff, to think that in two weeks they're going to be eating the vegetable bowls from the Plant Simple Meals cookbook is not realistic, okay? So we want to just really be clear about what we're starting with. Okay? And once we're clear about that and we're really okay with that and we understand that this is a process, then we can move to step two. And step two is starting with what your children like. So build, build meals on food that they already like at first. Okay, So if your son likes carrots, maybe you make just a new dish that involves carrots. If your daughter likes pasta or pizza, start by changing that up. So maybe that means adding more veggies to a pasta dish. We go through in the Plan Simple Meals cookbook about, you know, starting pasta, maybe plain with a little bit of herbs in it, then moving on to having more pesto and being able to maybe add pesto into the, I mean, sorry, add pesto, add spinach into the pesto. And then over time, maybe you start having those carrots and peas with the pasta and you build up and you're adding more and more veggies with a garlic sauce. So we go through this whole process that really um, lets the child evolve and move away from the macaroni and cheese into something different, right? And then eventually you can start playing with the kinds of pastas. There's a lot more nutrient-rich, rich, dense pastas than just, um, you know, the plain, I always talk gluten-free, but even the plain gluten-free ones, you know, there's ones that are made of beans. There's ones that are just more nutrient rich. So you could play with that. Um, right now, there's an amazing pizza crust that a lot of people are knocking off that's made of cauliflower and children love it. So that's like another way that you're getting like a whole head of cauliflower into a pizza. So there's different ways that you can play if you just start to take control of the situation and meet your kids where they are and have a plan for moving forward. I just skipped ahead of myself, so don't have a plan yet. So step three is to observe. And you want to commit to moving forward, but not too fast. And I think this is where a lot of times as parents, we lose it because we feel like, gosh, like one more job, I don't have time for this right now. But if this is your why, if this is part of your brand, then it doesn't have to be hard 
but it might be something that you have to spend little bits of time with and really sort of become the observer instead of being taken by all the drama. So sometimes picky doesn't have to do with the food, but it has to do more with the situation. And I really want you to start to notice this. Other times it might actually be about the food, it might be about the texture, it might be about the size of a vegetable. And this is definitely going to differ from child to child. So just take time to notice these things without judgment. And so notice, like one night if no one's eating, are you eating? Are you enjoying your food? Were you totally stressed while you were making the food? Or were you totally relaxed, you're enjoying it too, and maybe you overcooked the broccoli because a phone, the phone rang? Do you see what I mean? There's lots of different reasons why it might not have turned out exactly as you wanted to. So number four, now I'm to number four, is to have a plan. So as I said, and as our trusty friend Kim John Payne told us, you may have to reintroduce a food up to seven times. So charting this out, making a plan for this, really figuring out when you're going to do this, you know, committing for the next 10 days to every other day have broccoli in something or whatever the thing is that you're working on. Um, and really paying attention to what the progress is and being will willing to pivot if in that observation moment you realize it has more to do with the stress and less to do with the food, the food's okay, but you need to change. You know, you'll start to realize as you're observing and looking and having this plan. And just so you know, a lot of times when we plan for seven times and we actually come with that intention, it doesn't actually take that long. But when we don't, I find it takes longer and longer because we're being more vague about the situation. Number five is really important. Have a partner. So if you have a spouse, tell your spouse, tell your mom, tell a friend about this experiment you're doing. Sometimes it's really nice to do this with a group of moms, like go into this together and have a way to talk after school drop off or on the phone one day, or even share some dinners together so that you're supporting each other or some, a picnic, whatever, you know, meal works best. Make sure that you have a tribe who has your back. Okay. You can use the Plan Simple Meals tribe for sure. You can go to the Healthy Moms Meetup Facebook group. We're there for you. You can put in anything you want. Um, we're reviving that group right now. So we're there. I'm there. And I'm happy to give you any feedback. Be there to support you as you're going through this process. But have somebody. Don't try to do this alone because at the end of the day, even if you've done all the steps, if you're super tired, um, sometimes you just need that backup, especially if a kid's had a bad day too. Do you know what I mean? Okay, number six is you're going to have to keep doing this. You're going to have to rinse and repeat. This is a process. It is a learning process, and it changes over time. So at the beginning, we're starting simple, um, and then we're getting more complicated. And I think it's interesting because we start off the food journey, a lot of us, with the baby food with if we're making our own baby food, we start off with this process, right? We're starting with sweet potatoes or carrots and we're getting our child to love those. And we're told to do that for three to five days and then move on to the next one to see if they're sensitive to it or if they like it or if it, you can do it in a different way, if it's warm, if you add you know, milk to it, whatever. So we're, we do that at the beginning and then there's this moment when we want our kids to eat 
Cheerios and the not good stuff because we're excited that they're going to chew. And then all of a sudden it's like this trickle down effect of all these things end up in our world. And this is just sort of resetting this. This is going back to that same instinct we had at the very beginning, but we just lose sight of because we sort of, I think what happened, well, at least what happened with me is it was like, gosh, one less thing I have to think of. Now my kids can actually eat, right? But then it's easy to get into that habit of not eating well. And seven is celebrate, but I don't mean this maybe in the sense that you think I do. I want you to celebrate yourself for going through this process, but I don't want you to praise your kids for eating. That's a big mistake we can make sometimes. Eating is just part of life. Learning to eat well, it makes our life better, but it's not something that we need to be praised with, and this can lead to behavior later on that we don't want for our kids. But do pat yourself on the back when meals go well. And you can simply say, what a great meal. That's fine, right? We're all happy. What a great meal. You don't have to say why. It's just what a great meal. And as meals become diverse and more and more diverse and you're really eating what you want to eat and the kids are enjoying their rainbow of veggies, meals will become celebrations in themselves. So that's why looping this pro um, process is is super helpful and super important. So I hope that this helped. I hope that you have this seven steps um, that will help you with your picky eater. And I just want to reiterate one more time that a lot of times this has less to do with the food than we think it does. So a lot of the other seven tools really actually play into whether our kids show up and eat well, the family brand and the why, knowing what's for dinner. And the reason knowing what's for dinner is so important is a lot of times it's our ambivalence that they're picking up on, right? So as we open the fridge and we thought we were going to make chicken, but then we're like, eh, I don't know if I have the right veggies, whatever. They're picking up on that ambivalence and that's all the picky eating is, right? So it's that easy as shifting that behavior. Um, we're going to get into the next tool, which is really going to be about upping our, our as parents, as moms, nutrition, so that then we can lead by example, which is another really powerful thing. A lot of times people will come to me and say, you know, my child just will not eat anything green. And my response is usually, well, do they ever see you eat anything green? And a lot of times what happens is even if that mom is eating healthy, even if they're like, you know, the green smoothie mom, they might be doing that when the child's at school or they might be having their big salad for lunch and they've sort of given up on dinner. And so dinner is a little bit different and either they eat very little or they'll feed their kids in advance. And so their kids aren't actually seeing how important it is to them. Or sometimes us parents haven't migrated into eating the right things either. So we're doing this, we're trying to help our kids, but we're helping our kids before we help ourselves. So that tomorrow's episode, we'll touch on that a little bit. Um, and then we're going to get into planning and to different ways to prep food that all this that makes the food easier. And as the food gets easier, as the kitchen gets more enjoyable, this picky eating issue becomes a lot easier and a lot obsolete. Cause I'd say it's like 20% the food, like 20% those seven steps that you have to walk through and 80% how we show up in the kitchen. It's really amazing. So that's what I've got for this episode, and I will see you guys on the next.
Plan Simple podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.